Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Mike Kapler. Along with me is Joel Brzezinski. Uh, Growing in Grace is where we feature informal conversation to help grow in our understanding of the gospel. We're looking forward to uh, having some real informal conversations, but hopefully there'll be conversations that will benefit you as you grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, Joel, one of the topics that we want to talk about today is just the gospel itself. I know that you and I were having a conversation the other day about uh, a challenge, I guess, if you want to call it that, that a pastor had given to us many years ago back in the middle 90s. And that question was, what is the gospel? You know, if you've been a Christian for a while, you sort of feel like it's it's just something you take for granted, something that you think you know, until you really start thinking about it. Well, see, yeah, that's right, Mike. You hear the you hear the term the gospel everywhere you go. You know, there's gospel music, or you know, if people are talking about you know, well, something's true, they say that's gospel. And you know, the Bible has the word gospel mentioned in it, you know, a hundred times or more in the New Testament. You know, Paul said, "Have your uh, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace." Jesus said, "Preach the gospel to every creature," and so. The question: What what is the gospel? What is it that we're supposed to share with people? What is the good news? You know, it's been so long since that question was first asked to me. I I can't remember what my initial answers were, but I know they're a whole lot different now than what they used to be. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We we just use that term so loosely in the church, and, and what does it mean? And uh, what what that uh, challenge brought about? brought us to eventually was the scripture in uh, Romans 1, 16 and 17. It's it's a scripture that's real familiar to a lot of people, I suppose. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for, in it, the, uh, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And a lot of times when I hear that scripture quoted, people end right there, and they don't get into kind of uh, some more of the meat for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, Joel, this is so crucial because I was one of those people who had memorized Romans one I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. But I had never memorized or even probably, uh, at least I had never uh, absorbed verse 17 that you had just read. For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. This is... This is like a, a cornerstone scripture, a, a foundation from which all of us who, who call ourselves believers need to gain a, an understanding of so that we can grow in grace. Oh, I'm telling you, I lived a, the first portion of my Christian life the same as you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And what it meant to me was, okay, um, I'm this weird person now that I've been saved and I've been born again and now I'm acting different and... Everybody just thinks I'm this weirdo, you know, God guy that's going around. And I had no idea what the gospel really was. I knew that my life had changed, but I didn't know how to share this with other people. I didn't know that the good news meant that God's righteousness, not my own, was what was important. Well, everybody wants to know they're right with God. I mean, deep down, whether you're whether you're a Christian or not, uh, but especially the believers, uh, you want to know you're right with God. And and that's something for years in my life, too, Joel, that I I went around sometimes wondering, where do I really stand with God? Because I I knew I wasn't doing everything right. I did a lot of things right, and sometimes you'd you'd go in streaks, you know. Sometimes you seem to be doing 
uh, things seemed to be going well, spiritually speaking, and other times they did not. And so you'd get yourself in a place where you were always wondering, where, where do I stand with God? Am I really right with God? Kind of like a roller coaster ride. Yeah, like walking on a treadmill and, and you're not getting anywhere. And that's kind of what it felt like. And so once I began to realize that being right with God really didn't have anything to do with me and what I did, but had to do had everything to do with what Jesus Christ had already done and had already provided for me, and that was the gift of righteousness. And there was nothing that I could ever do to change that. And in fact, if we try to make it be about us, uh, you know, there's only one conclusion that we can really come to, because, you know, the law had been given uh, through Moses and told us all the right things to do and all the wrong things not to do. Um, it, it told us what was good and what was evil. But when a person would try to live by that, if they were... You know, if they were honest with themselves, they would come to the conclusion that, um, well, that Isaiah came to in Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And in Isaiah 64, we are all like an unclean thing. All our righteousness is like filthy rags. Uh, there's no one who calls upon your name, Lord. All our iniquities have taken us away. And there's, you know, that is not very good news if you're trying to be right with God. And so we needed to find, well, actually, God pro provided a better way for us, in fact, the only way for us to not be unclean, to not have righteousness be like a filthy rag. If it's our righteousness, then yes, it is like a filthy rag, and that's what's hard to understand because a lot of people, some people, think of themselves as pretty good people, especially in our society where we, we compare ourselves to other people. You think of yourself, I'm a pretty good person. My good deeds probably outweigh my bad. Or if they don't, well, God, he's not going to be too worried about that. But the truth is, he's completely uh, he, he, he's completely wrathful towards sin. He hates sin, and he's not just going to sweep it under the rug. The bad news is that we've all gone astray. And that's that's the end of the story as far as our righteousness, it doesn't do any good as far as getting right with God. You know, um, this, is, this is heavy stuff here because by trying to perform good works in the effort to uh, stand right before God and then realizing that nothing that I can do is going to impress God, um, that's, uh, that's a very humbling experience to, 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 to realize. Once you've come to the conclusion that this righteousness that we're talking about here that has been given to us through Christ, it is purely a gift. You know, one thing I've learned, Joel, is as we read these scriptures, because we started out here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, those cornerstone verses of the gospel revealing righteousness. Something that I've learned over the years, because, you know, how we had mentioned earlier that I had uh, memorized certain verses of Scripture, and one of them was Romans 1.16. I would get these little index cards, either on my own or I would buy them, and I would learn one verse at a time. Right. Different uh, Scriptures uh, all over the New Testament or the Old. And as you read, we've got to remember that when Paul wrote, he didn't write in verses. Right. And, you know, where we started at in Romans chapter 1, he continues that thought process all through the book of Romans, really. But you can see it taking place over several chapters. And I think we have to keep that in mind as, as we read the Scripture so that we don't get 
our, our interpretations too messed up uh, of, of the gospel. Um, it's something to keep in mind is that sometimes Paul will start talking about something and he'll complete a thought uh, a chapter later or several pages later. That's right. In fact, that's what he did with that uh, verse in Romans 1, 16 and 17. Right after that, he goes into all the, you know, the wrath that God has toward all the unrighteousness of man. And a lot of people seem to get hung up on just a couple of things Paul says there in the middle and the end of, of chapter 1, not realizing he's He's making a point. He's making a very large point. This is what this is our condition apart from God's righteousness. You know, we're all guilty. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. He spends a good couple of chapters talking about that, and then he leads into and here. So here's the good news. This is what it's all about. Here's what I'm leading up to. But if you take, like you say, Mike, these these uh, verses just one by one and pick and, and pick them apart without the context. It's really easy to begin judging other people for various verses that you see in here. It talks about all kinds of different things that one person could use to judge another person, not realizing, hey, I'm just as guilty as the next guy. That's what Paul's saying here. We need something better. We need the good news, the gospel. Yeah, because as he goes on in Romans later on uh, in the book, he he mentions, uh, if I can paraphrase, um, that if, if you've broken one law, if you've done one thing wrong, then you're guilty of having broken all of the law. That's right. And um, I guess, you know, the, the point being that there, there's nothing you can do to make up for what you've already done wrong. That has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's not like just starting over either. I think I used to have that mentality, Joel, where I would, I would uh, uh, you know, ask God for forgiveness. Uh, and this was as a believer. I was already saved. I was already born again. I had Christ in my life. But I would always go back and try and start over again because I knew I wasn't doing everything right. I didn't feel righteous because I had this mentality. Much of it had been taught to me, I guess, through church circles. I had this mentality that because I hadn't done some things right, my record was tarnished. Right. At least that's what was in the back of my mind. So I would always go and try to get this, this new prayer before God that said, God, cleanse me again, and I'm really going to try harder this time. <laughs> Make me a new creation all over again, today <laughs> and tomorrow and the next day, and you know, you know all this. You, you, you kind of get the feeling, like I think a lot of Christians probably have, that you're just some poor sinner and God needs to keep cleaning you over and over and over again. Yes, you know, God has grace for me, but I need to keep confessing this. I need to keep, you know, trying to get myself right, it's, and I just can never seem to overcome. And your whole focus is your performance, and, and, and really, you're calling it God's grace. You're calling it God's work in you, but yet you're trying to perform it all by yourself, by focusing on what you do and what you don't do, rather than the fact, the truth, that your identity has changed. Like you said, you haven't just you know, started over day after day, but you have died. You really, you, the old you has died, and God has made a new creation, and that creation is what stands as righteous and holy and is pure before God. You know, one of the things, uh, we, everybody has, I think, a, a different a mentality of what Jesus was like as a man here on the earth or how he approached people, how he talked and so forth. But we know he was full of, of, of gentleness and, and, and love and compassion. But, you know, one thing that really seemed to bother Jesus when he was on this earth that he just didn't have a whole lot of patience for was self-righteous people. 
uh, the Pharisees. He seemed to get so frustrated and so angry with them. There's something about self-righteousness that really just doesn't seem to set right with God. And I know with me, when I, when I put the focus on what I was doing rather than on what he had already done, I know that brought, more than anything, that brought a lot of guilt and condemnation into my life. And that should tell us right there that that is not right because in Christ there is no, no condemnation. That's right. And in fact, talking about that, you know, self-righteousness in, in this Romans verse that we're talking about, Romans 1, 16 and 17, Paul quotes from Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. And if you go and look that up, I think it's Habakkuk 2, 4, you know, God says, look at the proud. His soul is not upright, but the just shall live by his faith. And so we're, you know, look at the self-righteous person. His soul is actually not upright, but rather... We need to live by faith. And you talk about self-righteousness, the rich young ruler, very famous uh, story of this, this man who came to Jesus. What good thing can I do, Jesus, that I can gain eternal life? Jesus led him through several good things that he could do. And the guy said, you know, I've done this. And Jesus said, well, you still lack something. Go sell all you have and give to the poor. And if you're going to bring to Jesus your righteousness, he's always going to give you something else that you have to do until you finally come to the end of yourself and you realize, all right, I've gone through this list, you've added some things to the list, I just can't do it. I just can't do it, Jesus. I need you. I need your life in me. I need you to live your life through me, Jesus, because I just can't do it. So the key verse this week is Romans 1, 16 and 17. What is the gospel? It's really a revelation or a, a, a revealing of God's righteousness in us. We'll be back next week, and we'll be talking more about growing in grace. I'm Mike Kapler, along with Joel Brzezinski. Thanks for listening.